You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Introducing our Pigeon Radio Australia presenter and executive producer of the show, Ivan Fonti. and welcome to another edition of Pigeon Radio Australia. Today, I'm very proud to announce that this is our 325th episode of Pigeon Radio Australia. We are in our ninth year of production in 2022 and eight and a bit years and 325 episodes later, we are still here presenting Pigeon Radio Australia, which has become a popular radio program throughout the entire world. We try to present the program every week, but sometimes it proves quite an effort to obtain content for the program. During the COVID lockdowns and restrictions, we went through a hard and rough ride. We had to keep the program entertaining, even though we were not racing our pigeons in the last two years. This made it very hard for us to have an exciting program as there were no race results or race winners for two years. We have repeated some of our fantastic interviews that we have had over the years and we have interviewed some great people and world famous pigeon flyers and pigeon veterinary people from across the world. Some big names in Belgium, the Netherlands and Germany just to name a few countries in Europe. We have interviewed all the world-famous one-loft races in South Africa, past and present. I have had so many comments and well wishes from our listeners across the globe telling us that our program and podcasts are a great reference and a great learning tool as we have had tips from the best pigeon flyers the world has to offer. We have helped charities raise funds prominently in the last six years, getting in touch with and registering as a charity raiser for the Royal Children's Hospital Good Friday Appeal here in Melbourne, Australia, raising over $30,000 in those years for the Good Friday Appeal. 
I have had so many comments and contacts over these past eight and a bit years with people who are now members of our sport and some of them who have never heard about pigeon racing now race pigeons thanks to this program, Pigeon Radio Australia. That was the intention of this program, to promote pigeon racing in Australia and worldwide for our sport to gain more interest and more memberships. We have been involved in creating a worldwide pigeon racing group on social media platform Facebook called the Racing Pigeon Global, which now boasts a membership of over 100,000 people interested in pigeon racing worldwide, making it the largest pigeon racing group on Facebook today. I am making this Pigeon Radio Australia editorial today to let everyone know that we are so proud of our achievements over the years. Yes, we have made some mistakes along the way, which was a learning curve to the production team at Pigeon Radio Australia, only to make us better at what we do now and our intentions are to present Pigeon Radio Australia for many more years to come from our great community station here in Melbourne, Australia and that's 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And now as Pigeon Radio Australia continues to mature on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, we are going to take a different angle for Pigeon Radio Australia and try and present something different that no one else has tried before on radio or for racing pigeons or for presenting a radio program for pigeon racing. So stay tuned to this station for some exciting programs to come of Pigeon Radio Australia. Thanks for being a supporter and listener of Pigeon Radio Australia over the years. And we're here to stay for many more years to come. I'm Ivan Fonte, executive producer of Pigeon Radio Australia. You're listening to your local community radio station, 88.3 Southern FM. See no list of all the lips you've ever kissed, honey. I just want to be your number one. I don't need no one to warn me. I don't care who came before me. I just want to be your number one. All that happened yesterday is now part of history. So let me be your destiny. Let's do what's best for you and me. And I just want to be your number one Take me in your arms, turn out the lights and lock the door And I won't even wonder if somebody had a key before I don't want to solve no mystery Yesterday belongs to history I just want to be your number one Oh, 
anything that leads to fussing And I just want to be your number one your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone. Peter on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Remember the last time you had food poisoning? Oh yeah, miserable. I didn't get out of bed. It came out everywhere. I honestly thought I was going to die. The chills and feeling all tired was what I wasn't expecting. Delirium and vomiting, diarrhea. It was like coming out of all orifices. I had it once and it wasn't great, I'll be honest. The last time I had it was like a whole day and the whole night. Food safety. Be prepared. Find out more at foodsafety.asn.au. Hi, Craig Lowndes here. As a professional driver, safety is my highest priority. At the Australian Road Safety Foundation, we believe every single road user has the power to be the change they want to see on the road. And that starts well before getting behind the wheel. With road trauma being the biggest killer of kids aged 1 to 14 and the second biggest of those under 25. I'm urging teachers, parents and students to visit roadset.com.au and get started on their own educational journey today. Hi there, it's me, Graham the Garden Gnome. If you want to know everything about where I live in your garden, listen in to Molly's Blooming Hour every Saturday at 4pm, only here on 88.3 Southern FM. <laughs>
This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ. Radio Australia, here from the studios of Pigeon Media in Melbourne, Australia. This is the only devoted Pigeon Radio show in the world. Tune in live worldwide via our website at www.pigeonmedia.com.au. Stop the pigeon, 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 stop the pigeon now. Jab him, jab him, jab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now. You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the only and the original devoted racing pigeon radio show in the entire world and that's pigeon radio australia our website address at pigeon radio australia is pigeonmedia.com.au and the southern fm website is southernfm.com.au go and check it out some interesting stuff there and don't forget to join our big group on facebook with over a hundred thousand members i'm going to get terry right on to talk about how we achieved that uh, big membership on that group. The Racing Pigeon Global, go and join it on Facebook with over 100,000 people that are interested in pigeon racing from all over the world. Go and have a look at it. It's a, it's a tremendous feat that we, uh, that we have uh, done there, creating that group with over 100,000 people, and they reckon that pigeon racing is losing interest. I don't think so. When you've got a group on Facebook with over 100,000 people that love pigeons and love talking about pigeons. And welcome to Pigeon Radio Australia for another week, and I'd like to welcome in the studio my good friend, Mr. Tony Barbara. Hello, Tony. How are you? Good evening, and good morning to you. Good morning to all the listeners, and good morning to everybody around the world. Yeah, and we went to the Carl's sale on Friday. What did you think, Tony? What did you think of that sale? It was a good sale, and the birds, I tell you what, they were in good nick, healthy as anything. They were very healthy and very good yeah. birds, and um, I think he cleared, he cleared around 50 grand, didn't he? Yeah, just over 50,000. Just over 50,000, so yeah, the birds went for good money. All the interstate buyers that I organised, they uh, they were very happy. They got most of the birds they were chasing, and there were some expensive ones there, wasn't it? What was the most expensive bird? I think one went close to 6,000. 6,000. And, and a few, three, two. Yeah. There was another one, anyway, over five as well. Yeah. 
but they were very nice pigeons, and uh, I reckon anybody that bought some birds from there are going to do very well with them. They should, don't we? Yeah. And right now, we're going to go to our media check for this week. The Worldwide Pigeon Radio Australia Pigeon Media Weekly Check. And yes, it's time for our Pigeon Media Weekly Check where we comb the internet and newspapers from around the world to find out what's going on in the racing pigeon and pigeon world. And our first article comes out of the USA and it says noted entomologist describes her passion for pigeons. An entomologist is a scientist who studies insects. Entomologists have many important jobs such as the study of the classification, life cycle, distribution, physiology, behaviour, ecology and population dynamics of insects. Well, this entomologist loves pigeons. Dr. Eleanor Spicer-Rice, a North Carolina-based entomologist and author of books on ants and spiders, who, as the product of a family activity, has developed a passion for pigeons and attended expertise recounts in a Talking Animals interview. The objectives propelling her to get a PhD and noting why a career in academia was not the goal. Spicer-Rice described carving a different professional pain, realising that she could make her living writing about insects. She happens to be an extraordinary eloquent writer, fulfilling an educational agenda from a different angle, spurred in part by frustrations over reading articles that glorified killing critters, she published Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Ants, a series, and Dr. Eleanor's Book of Common Spiders, co-authored with Christopher Buttle. And she's set to publish two new books in 2023. Meanwhile, the lingering question may be, how did an entomologist become such a fervent pigeon enthusiast? Spicer Rice explains that it began five years ago, chiefly as a family activity, when her eldest son was two, and she thought it might be fun and educational to round out the household fauna of dogs and hermit crabs with homing pigeons. Fairly quickly, she and apparently the rest of the family became hooked on pigeons, including raising, caring for, training and observing these birds. The trait Spicer Rice says she finds most enhancing about pigeons include that they're gentle, intelligent and each bird clearly has its own personality. We touch on other topics, including how far and unerringly homing pigeons return to their home. She indicates the biggest known journey is a bird who travelled from France to Vietnam, some 7,000 miles. Spicer Rice also fields an array of listener calls and emails about everything from histoplastomus, a fungal infection that can be carried in pigeon droppings, to some behaviours of mourning doves in the same family as pigeons, Columbidae. And that story comes from the United States of America from Tampa, Florida at a community radio station 88.5 WMNF in Tampa, Florida. 
Our next article comes out of Mauritius and it uh, reads like this. Pink pigeons need a genetic rescue to survive extinction. In a new study, experts report that a boost in the number of pink pigeons in recent decades will not be enough to save the species from a high risk of extinction. An international team of researchers led by the University of East Anglia worked with organisations in Mauritius to investigate the impacts of what ultimately became a genetic bottleneck across the island nation's endemic population of pink pigeons. Across Mauritius, there was a rapid collapse in the number of pink pigeons in the late 1980s. This decline worsened until there were only 12 birds surviving in the wild. Since then, conservation efforts by the Mauritian Wildlife Foundations, the Durrell Wildlife Conservation Trust and the Government of Mauritius National Parks and Conservation Service paid off. The number of wild pink pigeons reached around 500 birds. The experts analysed genetic samples that were collected from 175 pink pigeons over nearly two decades as conservation efforts took place. Based on the analysis of the DNA, the experts found some disappointing news. The researchers discovered that despite an increase in population, the pink pigeon now has a high genetic load of bad mutations. They explained that these mutations put the birds at considerable risk of extinction in the wild within 100 years without continued conservation actions. By studying the genome of a recovered species that was once critically endangered, we can learn how to help other species to bounce back from a population collapse, said study co-lead author Professor Koch van Osterhout. During the pigeon's population bottleneck, the gene pool lost a lot of variation and many bad mutations increased frequency. This genetic load still poses a severe threat, even through the population has recovered in numbers. The problem is that all individuals are somehow related to each other. They are the descendants of the few ancestors that managed to survive the bottleneck. Hence, it becomes virtually impossible to stop inbreeding and this exposes these bad mutations in turn. This can increase the mortality rate and it could cause the population to collapse again. The researchers warn that genetic rescue is needed to recover lost genetic variation caused by inbreeding and to reduce the effects of the harmful mutations. This could be achieved by releasing captive-bred birds from the UK and EU zoos, they said. A captive population of pink pigeons in the Gerald Durrell Endemic Wildlife Sanctuary in Mauritius, jointly managed by the Mauritian Wildlife Foundation and the National Parks and Conservation Service, was established in the 1970s, said Professor Jim Groombridge from the University of Kent. This was used to breed birds for releases into the wild, which boosted population numbers. The team also restored habitat by controlling introduced species and provided supplementary food as part of a field program of intensive conservation management, which further increased the free living population. We didn't know how many bad mutations the population carried initially before the bottleneck, said co-author Dr Hernan Morales from the University of Copenhagen. We first had to stimulate the ancestral population to find out how many bad mutations could have evolved. 
We then checked this data with data on inbreeding depression, data from zoo population of the pink pigeon. The researchers compared pedigree and fitness data to that of more than 1,000 birds at the Jersey Zoo. This analysis showed that the pink pigeon carried a high genetic load of 15 lethal equivalents. The computer stimulations clearly show that just boosting numbers isn't enough, said Dr. Morales. The population also needs genetic rescue from more genetically diverse birds bred in European zoos. These birds are not as closely related and they can help to reduce the level of inbreeding. However, there is a risk that we could introduce other bad mutations from the zoo population into the wild. According to the study co-author Sam Speak, the team is now analysing the genome of the pink pigeon from zoo populations in the UK, trying to locate these bad mutations. We can do this now using bioinformatics tools developed for studying human genetics and the genomes of other model bird species such as the chicken. Well, there you go, inbreeding in pigeons. Does this cause bad mutations in racing pigeons when we inbreed them? Well, that's a question we have to ask Dr. Marshall. Now, talking about pink pigeons, a bright pink pigeon stuns a woman as only one of only 500 lands in Lancashire Gardens in the United Kingdom. A Lancashire woman was left in shock after a bright pink pigeon suddenly landed outside her window. Kelly Lunny, 37, from Burnley, Lancashire, said she thought she was seeing things when she spotted the virtually coloured bird. She was visiting her mum's flat on Thursday last week when she spotted the neon bird in the communal gardens. At first she thought it must be dyed. Usually these birds have a peachy coloured breast and feathers, a rust coloured tail and a dark pink beak. There are only 500 of them left in the world. The stunning bird casually dropped in to Miss Lunny's mum's garden on May the 5th. Miss Lunny was left in a state of bewilderment before getting her mother to check the colourful bird was real. That was when she started to capture footage of the amazing bird in flight. Ms Lunny said, I thought I was seeing things at first, or it was just something weird. But then I got my mum up off her bed as well, just to make sure. It's shocking more than anything to see pink pigeon, but it's something that you can tell your grandchildren. Well, there you go, pink pigeon in the middle of the United Kingdom. Adopt a pet calling all pigeon fancies. Could you give a home to these seven birds? The York RSPCA Animal Home at Landing Lane has a group of seven pigeons that are looking for a new home. For different reasons, the birds are unable to survive outside on their own. So the centre is looking for a pigeon lover with an aviary that could take them on. Staff are unsure of the ages of the birds, but believe them to be adult on the older side. They all get on very well, but could be split if needed. Staff know this is a little different, but believe there is a home for them out there somewhere, an RSPCA spokesperson said. And to find out more about this story, if you are from the United Kingdom, go to rspcayorkhome.org.uk. Just to let you all know, the Ken Marshall Seaview Loft Auction Catalogue will be presented on the Pigeon Radio, Pigeon Media Australia website. 
Now, this catalogue will be presented in four parts. Part one and two has been released and is available now for download. Please save the link to obtain parts three and four via the Pigeon Radio Australia website. We will inform you on Facebook and on our weekly radio program when the other parts of the catalogue become available. So go to the Pigeon Media Pigeon Radio Australia website and download the Ken Marshall catalogue. Part one and two is out now. Ken is putting out the catalogue in four parts as there is a lot of information to digest. So, um, yeah, go and have a look at part one and two. Very interesting and gives you an, an oversight of the auction and the birds. And that's it for our media check this week.
Yellow Drops is now available in Australia and distributed by Natural Pigeon Products. The authentic Yellow Drops is a product used by the great champions in pigeon racing for decades. They eliminate almost instantaneously, naturally, the fungi, trichomonas and bacteria existing in the upper digestive and respiratory system. To order your Yellow Drops now, call Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 or pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Mead. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Mead Stock Feed and Farming Supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM Sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. Southern FM sponsor. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Hi, I'm Vanessa Lowe. Long jump gold medalist and world record holder. When I was 15, I was waiting to catch my train. In a split second, my life changed. As the train arrived, the crowd surged forward. I was too close to the platform edge, lost my balance and fell into the path of the oncoming train. I was in a coma for two weeks and it took two years to walk again. So please, stand back, look up and stay rail safe. G'day, this is Eric Banner for RAD, recording artists, actors and athletes against drink driving. Here's a simple word of advice. If you enjoy a drink when you go out, keep it simple. Unless you're a rocket scientist, how do you really know whether you're under or over the limit? So try this, either drink or drive. Don't mess around trying to do both. A message from RAD, rad.org.au. G'day, Josh Gatt, host of Bluestone Sounds, a show about live music and emerging acts. If you're a night owl like me, I'd like to very warmly invite you to come and hang out on your Friday morning, Thursday night. That's right, Bluestone Sounds Midnight Edition. Playing the risque stuff I can't play during the light of day. That's midnight till 3am on your Thursday night, Friday morning. This is DDZ, your captain speaking. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Travel the world, musically speaking, from the Eiffel Tower to the Rialto, from the Colosseum to the Pyramids, from the London Bridge to Golden Gate. Tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. for International Caravan with your captain, DDZ.
You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia. Broadcast from Melbourne, Australia, on 88.3, Southern FM, The Sounds of the Bayside. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Jab him, jab him, jab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now! You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside here in Melbourne, Australia, and you're listening to the original and only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and the Southern FM website is southernfm.com.au. Don't forget, we podcast this program, and it will be available after the program at 12 p.m. today a podcast via the Podbean network and if you can't find us go to the mr and mrs google machine and search pigeon radio australia and uh, you'll find us immediately via that now um we are taking a new avenue on this program and i'm proud to say that dr rob marshall contacted me earlier in the week and said i've got a fantastic fellow that could be a regular on your program and uh, yeah i think we've got somebody that's going to be very interesting and people are going to want to listen to this guy but uh, i've got rob and our special guests on the line so i'm going to let rob do the honors and uh, let's see if they're online and get them on right now here on Pigeon Radio Australia. On the line now on Pigeon Radio Australia, we have Dr. Rob Marshall and a good friend of his, uh, Mr. Arthur Arnold, is on the line as well. And I'll let uh, Rob do the introductions. Rob, are you there, mate? Yes, Ivan. Um, yeah, um, we've got Arthur Arnold. Um, I first met Arthur, I think Arthur is in 1980s that you came down to the clinic, wasn't it? Yeah, it'd be about that time, Rob, yes. Yeah, and um, so I first met Arthur with his pigeons and I met Arthur with his dad, Ernie. Um, and I'll let you tell the story about your history, Arthur, a bit later, but I just want to introduce Arthur to you from my perspective. So um, after um, uh, you came down, Arthur. I think that was the year that you won the Union National. Is that right? Yeah, it was just a little bit before that, uh, uh, Rob. But uh, the uh, uh, but it wasn't wasn't too far away from there. Yeah, and the, and can you explain what the Union National is? Well, yes, the the, the Union National that, that was run by the Australian Pigeon Fancies Association was. Uh, uh, the first year that they uh, they run it, uh, it was uh, uh, that that uh, you was allowed a, a five five pigeons per per flyer in each race. Now each race means that there was uh, there was three different races from three different directions liberated at the same time, uh, and uh, uh, and. And they later uh, uh, dropped the numbers down to three birds per per race. Yes. Okay, and I think that was that north, south, and west, and it was, and the federations were 
Newcastle, Sydney and Wollongong, or were there other federations involved? The, um, at the time, there was two Sydney federations, and there was the South Coast Federation, of course, and the Newcastle Federation, Central Coast Federation, involved in the, uh, the, the Union National. Yeah, and I think they went, was it Burke or Broken Hill? Where was it from out west? Well, there was uh, the west. The the west one was uh, uh, it was. Oh, gee, you, you, you're testing my memory there, uh, Rob. But, but it was uh, it was out about <laughs> was out that way. No. Yeah, I think it was. Um, I think Burke's about four. I think it's four fifty miles, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's right. Burke yeah. was. Yeah, yes. yes. That was the uh, that's the correct destination. Yeah, for one the southern one was uh, was it one saggy or something? One saggy, and the, and the the other other one was uh, uh, Port Macquarie. I think the other one might have been up a bit further than that. I might think, I think it might have been um, what's the one past before Gimpy and past um, might have been Tweed Heads or something like that. Um, anyway, so that that's the Union National, and, and I think you won all three, didn't you? Uh, well, uh, I, I I was I was uh, I won the uh, the Western one. I was placed uh, uh, second in the uh, Northern one, and yeah. I seventh in in the uh, Southern uh, race. Yeah. And uh, then what they done, of course, Rob, is they. they they averaged out the uh, the three races, uh, and uh, and I had the the best average. All oh, right, that's how they do. That's interesting. That's a very good concept, isn't it? Do you think? Oh yes, it's, it's a bit of a shame that it's not running now. But they did they did try it a few years uh, later. Yeah. Yes, they tried it for. It's it's very difficult race to organise, Rob. Yeah. No. Very true. Very true. So that's uh, that was my introduction to you, and um, and then I um, then later on we we became quite good friends because uh, Ernie and yourself were very generous to me, and I think you gave me the uh, loan of the Union National winner from the West to breed from, which I I was very surprised of such a generous offer to me, but. Um, and so our friendship developed from that um, uh, understanding that, from my point of view, is that you're a very nice, generous person. And that was the nature of pigeon racing more so in those days than these days, perhaps. Um, but I also was um, very interested in your dad, Ernie, because he was, um, I, I, I liked Ernie a lot because of his humility and he's um, a highly intelli- intelligent person, and he didn't say much to me, did he? But I, 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 uh, when he talked, he said very important things that I remember. And then when I further investigated what Ernie's history of, he was an inventor, wasn't he? Yeah, he's. Um, uh, we was involved in the uh, uh, motorcycle racing prior, uh, prior to the uh, uh, taking up pigeons, uh, and 
and and he invented a uh, a, 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 a concept of motorcycle that uh, no nobody else had. Uh, the, the motor, uh, sorry, the motor of that motorcycle when, when nobody uh, had uh, a thought of at the time. And uh, it, it uh, consisted of uh, uh, reversing the uh, the barrels uh, of, of the motor, motorcycle from the from the front, the exhaust system from the front to the back, and uh, and, uh, and 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 it was an extremely fast machine. Yes. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, and that's that's what intrigued me because um, he he. You and he raced together, didn't you? Yeah, he was all uh, well, probably through our whole life. We was uh, uh, we, we we was good mates all, all all through our life. You know, we we everything that uh, uh, that that I done, he was he got himself involved. Yes, he's he, he was he was very kind. I mean, he did a lot of. Uh, a lot of work for me, and and he was he was he was uh, probably a little bit smarter than the average bear, you know. Yeah, I think so, um, because he took over the breeding, didn't he? I, 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 if I'm right, wrong, tell me. But I went up to your place, and it was the first time that I saw individual pens for pigeons, right? Pigeon breeding pairs, and you would have had, I reckon, you would have had sixty individual pair breeding pair pens. Is that was that right, or is that? Wrong. Yeah, no, that, that's quite correct. We we yeah we were in, uh, we had although we don't, didn't raise a lot of pigeons, we 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 bred a lot of pigeons. We tried a lot of different uh, 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 ways of breeding. Yeah, and um, he was the first one to introduce me to inbreeding <laughs> as a means to maintain uh, lines of pigeons rather than breeding winner to winner. He would. Um, he would breed uh, uh, different inbred families together to get hybrid vigour, which was very interesting. And what we found in those days is that um, the the health of the birds was remarkable. I remember getting photographs of your birds because I hadn't, hadn't seen birds in such good condition before. And, and, and at that time I realised, oh, well, this is what a pigeon in top form looks like, which I hadn't experienced before. Um, I also remember, um, so this was in the 90s, right? And I remember um, you keeping your pigeon food in a big um, stainless steel, um, I think it must have been a freezer transferred, transformed into a, a storage for grain. Is that right? Do you remember yeah. that? Yes, I do. That's, that's quite correct. Yes, yeah, and so you, you, you kept that food very, very fresh and clean in that situation. Um, the other thing I remember um, is that, which was really funny, I thought it was very funny because your dad was so inventive, he put onto the top of the roof a, a light that rotated. Do you remember that? And Yes. Blinking in and off. In a me- as a means to, um, if the birds were flying past when they were racing, I, I, is that right, that they'd see the light and, you know, Come across to you because you're offline a bit. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. It's, uh, it, it is. Uh, we had a uh, rotating, blinking light uh, set up on top of uh, uh, on top of our pigeon roof. Yes, and that, and that was the, the purpose of it was to uh, 
and was to attract the, the pigeons rather than them running through. Yes, rather than overflying. So the reason I'm talking to, um, Ivan to uh, Arthur about our history um, is to um, get a bit of background uh, of who Arthur is and especially his relationship with his father, Ernie. Now, um, I don't know how old you are, Arthur. Do you, so can you tell us roughly how old you are? Yeah, so I'm 85. Yeah. So um, so that, this is, and did your dad's dad have pigeons at all? Uh, my my uh, my my dad's dad did. My dad uh, he had pigeons when he was uh, uh, growing up. He had pigeons as a child, and he had had had, had pigeons grow, uh, growing up. Yes, but yeah, he never but, got, really yeah. got interested in racing them until I uh, and, and, and until I decided that's what we wanted to do. Yeah, and so. Ivan, this is a depth of experience that Arthur has. Um, and Ernie, when when I'm, I, I visited Ernie and Arthur in Rockhampton. You might not remember this, Arthur, but um, when I went up there to give some talks to the Rockhampton Club, and I was amazed at how young Ernie looked when he was ninety, and. Um, because I got off the plane and he was always dressed impeccably, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Yeah, and a tie and a suit. And he, um, so, and such impeccably dressed and such a polite person and such humility. Um, and it was a very sad day when, when he passed away. And I think it was soon after the 90s, 90th birthday. Is that right? He died at 92. Yeah, 92, yeah. But mm. even at, when I saw him at ninety, he looked very, very fresh, didn't he? Yeah, yes, he he uh, he kept he kept his he kept his age well. Yeah, so Ivan, that's the sort of background yeah. we've got it with Arthur. It's a very long history of pigeons. Yeah, and Arthur is like his dad in terms of a high intellect, yeah. but a, a great way of expressing himself in the written word as well as in the. Uh, but, uh, oral word mm. um, and so that's why I've introduced him to you uh-huh. as a means for Arthur to share his depth of knowledge of pigeons mm. um, which is based on experience so he's got expertise in especially in breeding of pigeons uh-huh. um, he's also got expertise in sprint racing uh-huh. in 1993 I think it was Arthur we we shared we bought the Verhays together is that right it was in 1993 yeah, yes. Yeah, so the, 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 prior to prior to the nineties, we got the Verhives uh, originally from from the uh, Luella uh, uh, sale. Uh, uh, Luella's first sale, we got the uh, the Verhives. Yeah, right. Well, what yeah. year was that? Was that nineteen earlier than nineteen ninety three? Was that nineteen ninety? Was it or something? Oh, it was. Yeah, but no, it's. Uh, I, I beg your pardon. I was. Uh, it, it was. Probably, uh, probably mid to late nineties. We got, we got. Yeah, the, so that was the first um, um, importation sale of, okay, of pigeons, yeah. wasn't it? Right, ever yeah. into Australia. That's and, correct. Um, so Arthur did all the homework, Ivan. He he selected mm. these verhays based on their experience in Holland or Belgium. I think Belgian birds, aren't they, Arthur? Yeah, 
They Belgian, yeah. Yeah, Belgian birds, based on their performance over there. And they're white birds, they're gay pied, okay. aren't they, Arthur? Yeah, they're very, very, very bright, yeah. Yeah, almost completely white birds. Mm. And um, so Arthur did all the homework, and then he also... Um, he, uh, so I went halves without knowing anything about breeding. I still don't know about <laughs> pedigrees. My brother does, but I don't. Um, and I think after the, what was the other ones, the Van Rom Donks, is that right? Yeah, the, yeah, the Van Ram Donks, they were, they were a, 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 a black checker. Yeah, and they were Sprint Bird too. And then there was one other family, wasn't another Kimberly Jansen. Yeah, they were, they, they were the, uh, the Jansen lines. Yeah, we've got a couple of the Jansen lines. Yeah, so, and what Arthur did is um, he inbred the first year, inbred the brother to sister, didn't you, the Verhey? The Verhey the, the started off as brother, a brother and sister mating, yes. Yeah, and from that pair, I'm just telling you a bit of history, Ivan. I, yeah. I think it might be interesting. Yeah, it from is that very pair, interesting. Ivan would have brought part of the brother and sister mating. What that means is that a brother and sister mating won't is 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 not it will produce a bird which is not any more inbred than the brother or sister right so it will reproduce those two birds so um i think arthur would have bred oh how many of those you would have bred 30 of those or at least wouldn't you from from the first uh, yeah first two years actually we 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 had uh, we had 30 uh, 30 Inbred fur highs, yeah. Yeah, and from those 30, Ivan, yeah. um, Arthur bred this number 10107. Do you remember that one? Yes, I do. He was, he was magnificent. Yeah, so 10107 was the prepotent male of all of that breeding mm. and is responsible for the found, my foundation bird. So 10107 bred... My bird, 759, national winner, only bird home of the day, Young Bird Derby. Gee. They bred um, two other brothers, 1406 and 465, which were mm-hmm. Federation winners in CCF and NRP. And so those three birds are the foundation of all my birds that I race. Mm-hmm. Um, Arthur, um, and the generosity of Arthur is that Arthur gave me 10107 as a gift. So... Um, <laughs> From all those breeding, all that effort that Arthur had, um, he gave me the very, very best bird to breed from. And so that's the that tells you the calibre of person that Arthur is. He's a giving person and uh, with great knowledge. And um, he advised me how to pair those birds to get the winning birds. And we paired 10107, remember, with the Kimberly Jansen. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we paired that to Kimberly Jansen to get those winning birds. So we used hybrid vigor to get those winning birds. And Arthur had a lot of winning birds off 10107 as well. Right now, fellas, we're going to leave it at this point and we'll be back after the Southern FM National Radio News because we've got to present the news here at Southern FM. The news is presented on the hour, every hour here at. Uh, Southern FM 88.3 on your FM dial. So we're going to break now for the Southern FM National Radio News and we'll be back with Arthur Arnold after the news in a continuation with his first appearance on Pigeon Radio Australia. (laughs) 
You're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, Melbourne, Australia. Stop the pigeon, 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 how? Jab him, jab him, jab him, grab him, stop that pigeon now! You're tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the original and only devoted racing pigeon radio show in the entire world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia, brought to you here on 88.3 Southern FM. Our website address at Pigeon Radio is pigeonmedia.com.au, and uh, we've got a new website address as well, because we want to... uh, initiate that pigeon racing is a sport and not just a hobby as they recognize it here in australia as a hobby is not a sport pigeon racing is a sport so we got a new address that goes to our pigeon media page you can check out that address it's pigeonsports.net pigeonsports.net check out that address that is to uh Promote pigeon racing in Australia as a sport through Pigeon Radio Australia. And before the news, uh, we had Rob Marshall and Arthur Arnold on, our new monthly guest. He's going to present his segment every month here on Pigeon Radio Australia and he's going to uh, share his knowledge and he's got a vast amount of knowledge as you heard in our first part of the interview before the news. But we're going to continue on Rob and Arthur. Let's continue on with the interview. So I might uh, leave it at that Ivan with my introduction with Arthur but what Arthur is is a very generous person in terms of He's um, sharing um, without a thought about what he could do with those birds as a means mm. to thank me for what I'd done, which was very meagre. Um, but from those early days, I think Arthur probably recognised I was probably a generous person as well. And, um, and so that's the basis of our friendship. Which And, and today we do get friendships like that in Pigeon Fancy. Yeah? Yeah. Fancy. Um, and it's based on generosity of spirit, and that's what Arthur uh, epitomises. Um, what I and Arthur has helped me a lot uh, throughout the time, um, especially with natural therapies for the pigeons. Yeah. Um, so he'll have a lot to say about natural therapies. Yeah. He'll have a lot to say about breeding, and intriguingly, Arthur comes up with a lot of very interesting facts about. Um, orientation, how to get your birds to orientate better um, in terms of feeding magnetite yeah. when they're youngsters um, because magnetite is a, in, they, they believe that the orientation uh, ability of pigeons is um, strongly related to the magnetite in the brain, but Arthur yeah. will explain that to you. Uh-huh. Also, Arthur will explain things about um, smashes, why you get smash races in terms of atmosphere and climate on okay. a particular day. Yep. And um, he would also talk to you about long distance racing and how to prepare birds for long distance racing, mm-hmm. as well as the sprint racing and as well as the classic national races. So 
based on his deep experience and and great success in racing pigeons over the many years he's had them. So I, I um, I'll introduce Arthur to you, Ivan, and yeah. uh, have a great night tonight. And I'll leave you there. All right, thank you, Rob, for that. And I'll continue on have a little chat with Arthur. That'd yeah, be that'd great. be great. Thanks very okay. much, Rob. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Bye. 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 Arthur, tell me, um, I'm interested in this this rotating light you had on your loft. Did it did it actually work? Did it bring the pigeons? Well, we in? thought it did. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, we thought it did. Oh. It's uh, 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 we, we was in a, 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 a in those years we were sitting in a uh, position where uh, most of the pigeons it, it, it came across. We was. More or less short markers. Yeah, uh, it was short the middle, I guess, uh, and, and the uh, uh, and, and the birds, the birds did come close to us, but we they had a before you uh, adopted that ro- that rotating light is is uh, we, we we our our pigeons were running through and then coming back to us. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have that same problem where, where I live because I'm a short marker myself and I've noticed the birds usually overshoot and then come back. Yeah. Yeah, well, in in, uh, in, in those days we say do that, well, then you're not going to uh, uh, take a, a major prize. No, that's <laughs> correct. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. That is correct, yeah. Yeah, now... Um, Tell me, um, these first birds that came in, now the brother and sister mating, when you mated brother and sister, did those youngsters, w- were they raced? No. We, we, uh, everything that was bred off the uh, brother and sister mating is, is, became, our, uh, became our stock. We, um, uh, we we then we then uh, had the, the dark pigeons at Van Ramdonks that uh, that uh, Robin his brother Ken uh, bought and mm. and uh, put into our loft. Mm. And what we done is we uh, uh, we put the Van Ramdonk Ram Dam Ram Ramdonks in, into the uh, the uh, the Verhuis and mm. that. And we also put the the Jansen into the Verhuis, okay. and that became our race birds. Okay, so yeah, yeah. so you you sort of mated the brother and sister, and then crossed them out with the other lines. That's correct. Mm. Yeah, and that's where you got got the good racing birds from that production. That that's right. Yes, mm. yes. We're, we're, we're. Now, a question I'd like to ask you is that if you obtain two cockbirds from a bloodline family and you didn't have any hens from that same family to mate them to, how do you keep that bloodline going with the two cocks that you that you have and no hens with those cocks? Well, if you want to keep the, the, the bloodline, there's, uh, there's the only, only thing you can do is to uh, uh, pair those uh, inbred cocks to, uh, to, to, to other bloodline hens that 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 is also good oh. and then uh, and, and then you take a, 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 a and that what what that'll give you is is 50 50 50 percent mating and, and then then what you do is you take a, a youngster from that 50 50 mating uh-huh. and 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 
put back to those cocks. Yeah. Right, and yeah. then and then to top it off then what you do is you put a youngsters two two young hands again off that which it becomes uh, grandchildren or great grandchildren, oh, yeah, yeah. and and, uh, and and then what you end up with is seven eight of those two original cocks. Uh-huh. Now that's what I would do if I wanted to keep that bloodline. Mm. Mm, very interesting. Now, um, in the sprint racing, we'll, we'll, we'll just talk a little bit about sprint racing. Um, What's your experience with sprint racing, especially if you're a short marker like I am or anybody else that is a short marker, how are they going to get their birds to sprint home and actually do well in a race? Yeah, well, that's... uh, um, uh, Our philosophy was that we've we've got uh, a sprint, middle distance and long distance racing. Now, now, now they, they, of course... Go into three different lofts. Now, it, with sprint with sprint pigeons, what what you would do is to uh, uh, is to have to toss after after you've got the birds in fit, a fit condition, ready for racing. Then you what you do is you toss the pigeons short, uh, say uh-huh. a, a fifteen to twenty minute toss uh-huh. every day. Okay. But you don't race them. Oh, right. Sorry, you, 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 you don't work them around the lot. At all? At all, no. Okay, no, so we you ne- just we, keep tossing we, them. We never. All right. What about if the weather doesn't permit? I'm sorry, miss that one. Uh, if, the, if the weather doesn't permit you to toss them, say it's a, it's a bad day and you can't take them out on the road, what do you do then? Well, uh, the, the, the weather doesn't get bad enough to not toss pigeons short. Okay, so even if it's if it's a wet wet day, you can still toss them short. That's right. It's the uh, uh, yes uh, uh, rain. You, uh, uh, it's every every day you you, to, you toss them short, regardless of the of of the of the weather. Uh-huh. That's correct. Uh-huh. Basically, yeah, okay. they have to be very very. Bad for for, me, for us not to not to toss those birds. Okay, all right, yeah. And and you find that the, the birds perform better in a sprint race when you train them in that method. Yes, they do. Mm. Yes, yes. You, what you what you do uh, with sprint with sprint pigeons is that you uh, you've got them in a separate loft to the rest of the pigeons. And you and and uh, you own uh, so that that means that you're working them uh, uh, by by themselves as sprint pigeons, mm. and you toss them by themselves as sprint pigeons, mm. and you and, and you feed them differently, mm. and, and so so it's it's a completely a different kettle of fish when when you uh, uh, when you're concentrating on on sprinting only. Mm. And and the age of the birds, does it matter what age the birds are? Do you use the um the the, the early? No, breed? not really. No. Uh, we, uh, we we we've got uh, as as good as results with the uh, with the yearlings as as uh, the two and three year olds. But we we still got uh, uh, you know I'm 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 a I, I, I like to race two-year-olds, three-year-olds, oh. but but uh, I, I couldn't say that our, our result was 
better by doing that. You see, why I'm asking you that is because we've been locked up for this COVID for the last two years and a lot of the lofts here in, in, in Victoria have a lot of these two- and three-year-olds left over that they weren't able to race. Uh, we weren't even able to train here in Victoria, really, because we were locked up that much. Um, so these people are now scratching their heads. What are we going to do with these birds? They don't want to sort of get rid of them. Uh, they want to try and race them. So what would your opinion be to do with those birds? Can they mix them with the youngsters and set up a sprint team of like two or three-year-olds and also youngsters? No. Uh, the uh, see. First of all, when you choose a sprint team, they've got to be the, the right uh, right bloodline. So they've got to be the right type of a pigeon. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Could, you couldn't just take a long-distance pigeon no. and make it sprint. Correct. Yeah, yeah, it's the yeah, same the a, other way. It's the same the other way around also. You can't take a sprint pigeon and send it to a 600-mile race. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, why, that's why we specialise. Uh, and and in the middle distance, of course, uh, the sprint pigeons used to to uh, used to go up uh, go to around about uh, four hour racing the ma- maximum. Mm-hmm. So, to what distance would that be? About three hundred and fifty miles? Uh, that be? Yeah, about around around about uh, depending on the day, of course, but about about three hundred mile. Hmm. Hmm. And, and you wouldn't send them further than that, so you'd leave them at that distance, and they wouldn't go any further. But those those birds were actually bred for that distance. That well, that's correct. That's correct. They'd, they'd finish. They'd finish their racing uh, uh, for that for that year at at that mark, regardless mm. of. Uh, uh, whether yeah. you think they could go on a bit further or yeah. not yeah. is, uh, uh, you know, it's, it's up to up to you, I guess. But uh, but uh, we we found that we would uh, if we pushed them, we pushed them past what we had them trained for. Well, well, then we we sort of endangering their lives. Mm. Mm. Now, when you're sprinting pigeons. There's a certain method of feeding, isn't there? And and you can't feed a, a heavier grain. You've got to feed a lighter mix, and um, you've also got got to get the birds in the right condition. That's right. The, the sprint birds need a high carbohydrate uh, a mix. Uh, there's there's lots of different grains uh, that 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 will give you a high carbohydrate. But uh, but but the important thing is that. Uh, uh, is that you go for a, for a high carbohydrate uh, and a low protein and low fat, low okay. protein, low fat, high carbohydrate, high uh, 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 is, is 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 the way is the way to go for sprint pigeons. So, what yes. grains would you suggest that that people feed their their birds for for a short shorter distance racing? Well, the, the ba- basically, it's you, uh, it's just about any any uh, high carbohydrate grain that you you, you like. I, I'm, not, I'm not a I, I don't uh, I'm, I, I don't say that one grain is better than the other. There's one thing I don't do. It's just as long as they've got the right uh, mixes in it. And uh, but but 
Corn is the uh, is the trick to it all. Mm. Well, there's people, there's, there's certain flyers that I know that swear by feeding their birds constantly peas, even in a short distance race. And they they well they say that peas are low in fat, and uh, there are certain flies that will hopper feed their their birds peas even for short distance. What do you say for that? No, well, they wouldn't beat me. <laughs> That's very well said. So you, you suggest that a, a, a more of a maize maize corn mix is better. Yeah, yes, it is. It is when you're spreading. Yeah. And what other grains would you put with that maize? Would you put like um, barley or wheat, or what? What would you suggest? Barley is a good uh, is a is a good grain. Uh, w- uh, wheat is is probably uh, not not so uh, uh, not not so good. Um, uh, Milo, that's 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 uh, it, it's it's not a bad grain. Uh-huh. Uh, it, but but it, it low quant, quant, low Quantities of 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 that type of feed mm. uh, uh, is 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 what what you're looking at. Mm. High quantities of the corn is what you're looking at. Now, see, see, I um, uh, feed up to fifty percent corn when I'm sprinting. Okay. And that's from the first race to the to the last sprint race. That's just that you never change. Uh, uh, we never change. Uh, it, it's from from the first from the first sprint race to the last sprint race. Yes. Okay. So, what percentage of corn would you put? Fifty percent. Fifty percent corn, and the other fifty percent would be made up of maybe barley, Milo, yep. and. Um, would would there be any any fat 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 seeds in that? Uh, no, the I, I, I try to uh, I try to uh, keep the fat seeds out out of the sprint mix, uh, and the, the the fat seeds is 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 used mainly in the middle and long distance races. And you wouldn't put any protein into that mix at all. No, no, no! I wouldn't. That that uh, protein is not is is not a uh, uh, it's not a quality that I, that I'd get be going for. Oh, oh, that's very interesting. And what about like Rob said that you're interested in in a natural method of birds? Would you have your? Would you give them clean water, or would you? Put things in their water. What, what, what do you suggest there? Oh, gee whiz! Uh, there, there's, there's, so, so once you once your bird once you've got your birds healthy uh, and, and and your medication is is, is is finished for the year, uh, well then you uh, what we do is then that we use a, uh, a, a teas mainly and the teas okay. are, 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 yeah, yeah, and they are made up of uh, a, a variety of uh, uh, plants and oh, herbs mainly herbs. And, that, yeah. Yeah. and that would like detoxify the birds is that correct that'd be sorry it would detoxify it would get rid of a lot of toxins in their in their system I don't know what you mean by toxified. 
Um, well, the bird would have a build-up of toxins from different grains and that, and um, the tea would then lower the toxins in, in, the, in their blood. Oh well, yes, of course. It's it's, it's got uh, uh, got 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 a lot to do. See what what uh, what we use the teas for is to um, uh, uh, maintain the health of the pigeon as long as we possibly can mm. without using antibiotics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is yeah, so. So in in effect, what uh, what the question you asked me, the answer would be yes. Yeah, yeah. So um, basically, um, would you give them the t- the tea mixed in their water every day? Three days a week. Three days a week. Okay. And and the other days they would get clean water, or there would be something just, just else? clean. Yeah, just clean water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the pH level of the water? Would you have to adjust that? I don't measure it. You don't measure it at all because there's some no. flyers out there that say that um, a more acidic water is better than a, a more alkaline water. Well, well, let's see. The, 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 a lot of a lot of flyers do use the the acids in the in the water, and it's not a bad thing if you if you if you're not doing uh, you know uh, doing things like we do. It's, it's use, we, we more or less use the uh, the teas as a uh, uh, as a guide to our water. Cleanliness, I guess you'd, you'd call it that. And um, with these teas, do you have recipes for those teas? And and I would you distribute them, or do you distribute them to to, to pigeon fanciers? Oh, anybody that asked me to, uh, yes, I, I, I certainly would. Uh, me, yeah, uh, uh, just I, I don't don't consider that I should should uh, not. Tell anybody, uh, uh, but I, I don't, uh, I don't off, uh, uh, push the, the ideas onto anybody. No, no. But if somebody is interested and they get in touch with me and they say, "Oh, look, we'd like to try some something like that," you would be happy to give them some advice. Yes, of course I would. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, um, I think we're going to have very interesting conversations with you, Arthur, in the future uh, on this program and. Um, I don't know how 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 often you can uh, appear on a radio program, but the more often you could appear would be better because we could cover a lot of topics and uh, get people, especially the new starters in our sport, a little bit of experience of what to do and how to win a race. Oh, if I can be uh, of any help, I, I most certainly will be. There's, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very happy if uh, the, the the information that I p- pass on is is thought of as uh, being useful. Yes, and uh, I guess uh, whenever you wish me to to present something for you, I. I Well, I was thinking, I was thinking if it's not too much trouble for you, that we do a weekly segment, say, of about 15, 20 minutes weekly, and we talk about different topics that you may suggest that we talk about on that particular day. You'd... uh, uh 
you certainly pushed me there, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I find you, I find you very interesting to talk about. Rob's made a fantastic introduction about your experience with pigeon racing, and uh, I can see, I can see, and I, I feel, I can feel that that you've got a lot of experience and you know what you're talking about, and I think that would benefit a lot of the people, especially I've got a lot of people that that are new starters to the sport that haven't got very much experience with uh, which pigeons to send, how to breed, how to feed, uh, how to medicate, and I think your knowledge would be beneficial to those sort of people. Yeah, yeah, it would, yeah should they should those people uh, think that way and, and wish, wish to, well, yeah, we can find them. No, I'd, I'd probably from here... Before I decide on just how how often uh, that, that 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 I would come come on onto this, uh, it's probably I'd, I'd I'd have a talk to Rob and, and see just where we go from there. Yeah, no worries. That'd be good. Um, well, I'll let you decide how often you'd like to come on and how often you'd like to present your subjects on on Pigeon Radio Australia and we we have people from all over the world listening to us. We've got a a group on on the internet there that we've got nearly 100,000 members now from all over the world and uh, I think that uh, our listeners will find it very interesting to hear the topics that you've, like Rob has told me, that you've written a lot of papers on a lot of the topics that you talk about. Yes, I I have. I've, I've, uh, I've done a fair... Fair bit of writing, actually. On on it, I can write better than I can speak. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, and maybe we could present some of your papers. I've got a website that I um pod, also do podcasting on with Pigeon Radio, and maybe we can present some of your papers on the website where people can go and read them and and find out about them and get some knowledge about them, about your subjects. Yeah. Yeah, happy. I'd, I'd be happy to uh, to do that for sure. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Uh, yeah. Mm. So, yeah, um, if you talk to Rob and, and, and discuss with him how we're going to approach this, um, we'll take it from there. And um, I'd like to thank you. We've been on now for about 45 minutes, so we've run out of time for today. But um, I'd like to thank you for being on today and uh, let me know um, when you'd like to come back on again and uh, we'd find it very interesting to have you on and it's been a pleasure talking to you, Mr Arthur Arnold and, and your knowledge is impeccable and, and it's a pleasure to have you on Pigeon Radio Australia. Well, thank you very much. I, I, thank you very much again too. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye now. For all your pigeon requirements, head to Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies. We make our own range of pigeon carry baskets, bird breeding cages and boxes. We're one of Melbourne's largest suppliers of quality seed, feed and more. You'll find health supplements, minerals and grits for pigeons and other breeds. Visit Thomastown Produce and Pet Supplies at our retail shop in Apex Court, Thomastown or phone 9464 2439. Southern FM sponsor. Keep your pigeons healthy with Applied Nutrition Australia, number one for all-in-one bird supplements. Tummy Right for Pigeons is a nutritional supplement for racing pigeons to support proper functioning of the gastrointestinal tract. The Applied Nutrition range of products is made in Australia and sold factory direct to you. For top quality products formulated by Australia's leading animal and avicultural nutritionist, visit appliednutrition.com.au. 
Southern FM sponsor. Your one-stop produce and farming supplies. Tara Meat. We get racing pigeons racing, horses racing, cattle and poultry feeding. All racing pigeon products and supplements available. We also have live poultry sales. Tara Meat stock feed and farming supplies. 1227 Holden Road, Tulin Vale. Open seven days a week. Telephone, Peter, on 0484-340-551. Southern FM sponsor. Natural Pigeon Products are the Australian distributors for Rhonefried Pigeon Products. Rhonefried, a German-based company, is a leading manufacturer of world-class, premium, European racing pigeon products that will help you maintain your racing pigeons' inner health all year round. Contact Natural Pigeon Products on 035-998-1000 and pigeonvitality.com.au Southern FM Sponsor and I had a dream that someday I would just fly, fly away And I always knew I couldn't stay So I had a dream that I'd just fly away you're listening to Pigeon Radio Australia on 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And I always knew I could stay. So I had a dream that I'd just fly away, away, oh. So, stop the pigeon, 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 how? And you're all tuned to 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside, and you're listening to the original and only devoted Racing Pigeon Radio Show in the entire world, and that's Pigeon Radio Australia. Our website address at Pigeon Radio Australia is pigeonmedia.com.au, and the Southern FM website is southernfm.com.au. And right now, we're going to cross to Sydney with a special guest from Sydney, Australia, and the Central Cumberland Pigeon Federation. And right now, I'd like to read the results from Sydney. They had their first race for the season, season opener in the Central Cumberland Racing Pigeon Federation in Sydney, Australia. And I'll read the top 20 positions in that race. In first place, we have undoubtedly probably the champions of Sydney Racing Pigeons, Vescos and Marshall. In second place, SNL Guard. In third place, Jay Kusheria and Family. In fourth place, T. Vamianakis and Son. In fifth place, Contamajani and Hasbani. In sixth place, V. Cladis. In seventh place, Anthony Aegis. In eighth place, V. and P. Vasalo. In ninth place, P. and P. Wayton. In tenth place, a Cara in 11th place P and J Stig in 12th place B and M Malone in 13th place we have C Baghdadi in 14th place 
in Jurich and family in 15th place S&D Ramiki in 16th place J Basha in 17th place A&J Samacha in 18th place M Huda and family in 19th place N Hake and 20th place we have S&D Gordon and on the line, I'm happy to say that I have my good friend, Mr. Jimmy Vescos. Jimmy, congratulations on the win. Fantastic stuff. And I believe you clocked three three on the drop. Yeah, we've got three on the drop. Uh, three young ones. The winner had four uh, flights to drop. And they're all a second apart. Ivan, it was a great result. They came straight, straight off Caves Beach, off the race point. And uh, fairly good. It was a good trap, you know what I mean? Tossa Fantel did a lap of honour. They did a lap of honour, the three of them. And they all came <laughs> in beautiful. There's three three beautiful yearlings. It was, uh, it was a pleasure to, to watch them come in like that and then uh, to be fortunate enough to uh, win the club, the section, and and the overall, 194 flyers, 4,850 pigeons. So uh, Yeah, gee, that's good, a good effort, mate. Very good, good effort. Good way to start the season. I flew 13.28 metres a minute, and the next guy, the second guy, flew 13.19. Well, the only two that broke the 1,300, and the third guy's doing 12.98, et cetera, et cetera, you know? So, yeah, uh, no, fantastic, mate. Good, good, good timing too. Um, what I was going to say is that I had Ken Marshall here talking about he's reluctantly yep. selling some of his birds because he can't cope with them anymore, not because he needs money or anything. No. Um, so um, do you bring it down to the breeding of this pigeon? What's the breeding of it? I'd say, I'd say it's the breeding. I'd say it's Ken's breeding. Um, she's bred off a hen that we won a Grenfell one birder over the Blue Mountains with her. We had, the, had a one bird special race on every year. It's a big race, you know what I mean? And it's always on at the end of the year. So uh, it wasn't last year because of the COVID, the year before. And uh, we won that with a young, a yearling hen, 488. She's uh, Ken's bloodline, Herman Koister. And uh, in turn, she's bred this young hen, uh, 567, that won the other day. And uh, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree with Ken's pigeons. <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, it's a it's a great like Ken's been in a bit of ill health lately. He's mm. uh, of course he's Dr. Rob Marshall's brother. Yeah, Ken's a, Ken's a master breeder. He's been in pigeons for oh, well, I've been racing for fifty years, and Ken's been in it for say a bit longer, maybe. Yeah, you know? he's told us the story how you met you met through Rob, didn't you? You two? Yeah, we met through Rob. You know, I was flying. Um, well, very consistently, you know, winning fed average, all that sort of stuff, and then Ken. Uh, Wanted a good flyer to to prove his birds and to uh, and to work with. We work well together, and um, oh well, it's been just uh, we've won we've won more um, overalls in the Cumberland Federation than I think anyone's ever won. Um, we've won nationals, averages, point scores, special all the special races, young bird derbies. Um, we've won from we fly five routes in Sydney. It's it's a great great pigeon uh, city, Sydney, and uh, we fly five different routes and we've won off every route, every distance and every velocity, so I don't think you can do too much more. No, know. no. Now, look, uh, Ken has put a lot of uh, credit to you because he reckons you know how to train them. He knows how to breed them. You know how to train them and yeah. race them. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what do you say to people that are chasing pigeons 
Ken's auction's coming up, and I'll t- tell you, it's not easy to get birds off Ken because he doesn't usually sell pigeons, no, does he? he doesn't sell pigeons at all. He keeps his cards very close to his chest. He's a very private man. Um, he's a he's an intellectual. He's a he's a doctor himself. He's brilliant in what he does. You know what I mean? He has been going overseas every second year to Belgium, France, England. He's been a, he knows Koopman personally. Uh, Iger camps. He'll go through Iger camps pigeons. He'll handle three thousand pigeons in a day, and he'll pick three out as Iger camps, and they're the three that he wants to bring back. Things like that. You know, birds that are down off Chi and. All, all the bloodlines, he knows all the bloodlines. He knows how to blend pigeons together. He's definitely a master breeder. And um, I get I get the privilege to fly him. And uh, and all the winners go back to Ken. All the Fed winners are all back at his place, first Fed, because we're competing against over 200 flyers every year and uh, over 6,000 pigeons in a race. It's, it's, a, it's a fairly substantial federation. Uh, when I was in Thailand a few years ago at the big, International race of Pattaya International race with Gerard Koopman and, and the IG Camps. And uh, IG Camps' wife, uh, I had a friend of mine with me, and he was telling her about how we race in Sydney. And she went through it all night. She got on the web and checked it all out and all that sort of stuff. And next morning at breakfast, IG Camps' wife says to me, She said, That's absolutely brilliant, that federation you're flying, and uh, your results speak for themselves, you know, and they know Ken personally. And they know that I, I train the birds for Ken. Now, listen, if people want to buy pigeons from this sale, you tell yep. me you've you've trained a lot of different bloodlines of pigeons over the years, even yep. even when you were racing on your own and all that sort of That's stuff. Right. So you've yeah, tried yeah. you've tried all different types of of birds, different bloodlines in, in yep. your years of racing, Jimmy. How long have you yep. been racing altogether? Now? Over 50, I started in 1972, so it's now 2022, 20, so 50 years of continuous flying. So you've Never been flying for 50 years, you've flown a lot yep. of pigeons. What are these birds that can breed you? What do they like to train and race, in your, mm. in your professional it, opinion? Yeah, in my opinion, I think they're the most intelligent pigeons I've ever had my hands on. See, in the old days, we had the old Aussie bloodlines and the and the other German ones, Oliver Shaw's, Soffel, Toth, Crane. You know, I can rattle off bloodlines going back 40, 50 years ago, you know, and uh, the the influx of these international pigeons that have come into this country, they're a, they're a different type of pigeon. They're a, they're a very intelligent bird and they're a very tame sort of bird that you can, I think everyone knows that, you know what I mean? Paul Vasalo, he's, a, he's, a good, he's an excellent flyer also in Sydney, Paul's one of the champs, and uh, he gets his birds very tame, these imported pigeons. And I think it's the way you work with them that they, they're they smart and they just adapt to you and you can just teach them to do anything virtually, teach them a line of flight home, um, virtually talk to them, you know, and, and Ken's like that. He's uh, he's bred off the off the real docile types, you know what I mean, not highly strung birds. And I, I was actually at his place just a few hours ago. We were going through all the birds that are going to be sold and that. And honestly... Um, I know self praise, no praise the Chinese say, but uh, he's got he's got phenomenal pigeons. There's no doubt about it. You know, this so, is this is. This what is what do you think about it? Like anybody that buys any bird from this side, do you reckon it'll be excess success in their life? Yeah, I, I think this will be one of the one of the. You look back on this sale in in ten twenty years time, and they'll, and people will be raving about it. So the birds that come out of that sale really put them on the map or won them big races and all that sort of stuff. You're getting the cream of pigeons worldwide 
that have been blended by Ken, that have been proven by myself, that have raced continuously year in, year out for the last 15 years and won at the top level. So you're buying more or less, you know, the, the top of the tree, I'd say, you know. There's there's a lot of good pigeons around. Mm. A lot of guys have got good pigeons, but uh, you've got the opportunity here to really get your hands on something that's quality. You know. Did you, you find that when you started racing Ken's pigeons, when you first introduced them into the loft and started racing them, did you, did you find the birds that are a lot faster than the birds that you already had? Precisely, Ivan. Yep, straight from the word go, we had a we had a winner off the south of a 155 mile race into a headwind. And I topped the Federation by 20 minutes with this blue bar cock, 731. His number was. I'll never forget him. Magnificent blue bar cock. Ken only bred me a few to start off with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, he said, I'll put a few in your loft and see how they go. Yeah. Well, straight away, they just went bang, bang, bang. In <laughs> the next year, he bred me 20, and then they went bang, bang, bang. And then, then he bred me 40, 50, 60. Now yeah. he's bred me 100 a year. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so they just... Um, and, and in your results over the years, in these good results, a lot of these birds have been real breakaway birds, haven't they? They, they, they mean, they they they, well, they win by had, a big margin. Yeah. We've had the uncanny ability. I, I think it's freakish, but we've had break what they call breakaway birds. It's, it doesn't happen to anyone very often at all. Like you know, and we've had the ability to have these breakaway pigeons. So I don't know. There must be superior genetics to do stuff like that. We've won. Federations by 100 metres a minute and had breakaway birds 20, 25, 30 minutes in front of the next pigeon, and that's against 6,000 birds. You know, there's been, there's, we used to fly two teams, but they uh, they barred us from flying two teams. They got a bit, uh, you know what I mean? They got a bit jealous because mm. we'll run, we'll run <laughs> first and third in the Fed averages, you know, yeah. uh, top, top five, top 10, both teams every year. And I was only racing odds and evens, I was only racing odd-numbered birds and even-numbered birds in the two teams, and they were they uh, they were separate sheets. They were separately paid for, so they were two teams. I couldn't swap them over in the other team or whatever, whichever team was going good. And I remember one year then, 2013, when we won the, the Cumberland Fed averages against 300 flyers or whatever, I ran first and third. I had 96 odd-numbered pigeons and 104 even-numbered pigeons. That's two weeks before we started racing. So I, I defy anyone in history to ever win a Fed average against that many flyers with that amount of pigeons. And the 96 odd number of pigeons won the won the Fed average, you know, mm. and 100, 104 even numbered pigeons ran third in the Fed average. Mm. We're, just, we're racing odds and evens, putting in two separate sheets. They weren't allowed to, to swap over into either team, and then they barred us, you know. They just said, these are too good. We've got to bar you. We, we don't. We don't. You're doing it anymore. You know what I mean. So we changed the we changed the dynamics of the Sydney pigeon racing. You know. Yeah. So now, when when Ken breeds, do you just leave him breed and let him do the breeding, or do you discuss what you know? No, I leave it all up to him. He does yeah. the breeding. He does the blending or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I just leave it all up to him, and he'll just he'll rattle off all the bloodlines and. Um, We've got to the stage where where they're um, we give them like stars like on their um, on their combine wins on their federation wins, and we're up now to like six stars where you've got six federation winners in the one bird blended into Gee, one bird. Unbelievable! We've gone from one star to two stars. They're up to six. I handled birds tonight that were six star pigeons. 
that means they're down off six Federation winners. Gee. They're blended off six. So I don't know. Like, so you handled some of these birds that are going to be sold in the auction. What's, yeah, I handled them. What's, your, I what's your opinion on some of them that you handled? They just they blew me away. You can you can feel the structure, the body structure, the wing structure, the eye, the balance, the uh, the, the vents. Just they're all round like peas in a pod. They're just like superb, superb peas in a pod. They're just like I've handled pigeons in Europe. I went to Europe in 1980. I went to Belgium, France, everywhere all over the world. I handled good pigeons. You know what I mean? I've handled handled pigeons all my life, thousands and thousands of them. And to to handle these ones now, it's like, oh, my God, this is where they're at. You know, they've been blended that many years. He spared no expense. He spent over half a million dollars on pigeons, over $500,000 on just buying pigeons and importing pigeons and blending them over the years. That's not to count the the amount of feed and the amount of lofts and heated lofts and, and breeding compartments and things that the man has built, you know what I mean? He's mm. an absolute, he's an absolute diamond in the game. Mm. The pigeon, have you found that as you were racing them, as as you got more in, into the years that you were racing them, did mm. they improve? Did the birds oh, keep improving? Yeah, yeah definitely. They, that's what I'm saying. Now they're down to six star, five star bloodline like winners in them. They've improved. All the federation winners, everything at the tops of Fed goes back to Ken's place the next day. We don't race them again. Mm. They, go, they go straight back. That winner the other day, that hen, she's got four flights to drop. Mm. She went straight back. She beat 5,000 pigeons the other day. Mm. She's back in stock. Okay. You know? So, that's, so you, that's, you wouldn't put – do you ever put birds like that in multiple races or you just give them the one and – No, as soon as they, as soon as they, um, as soon as they win, they go back. That way you, you're strengthening the colony all the time. That's the, that's the secret of pigeons. Breed off the – off, the, off the, the good ones, you know what I mean? Yeah. And just build your colony, build the strength in the loft. What are you going to so do you... now, Jimmy, when people start buying these birds and they're going to have them in other clubs and other flyers are going to have them? Yeah, well, that's good. That's competition. That's yeah, healthy. That's what I yes. want. That's what I want. I want to see these other guys compete with those birds against against their own birds, you know what I mean? Yeah. And see what they do. Like I said, look. There's a lot of people got a lot of good pigeons, you know what I mean? Like Vince yeah. Petavoli, the Petavoli brothers, they got fantastic pigeons. Yeah. Paul Vasalo, Poi Waiton, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's people in Sydney here that have spent a lot of money on birds. They're multi-millionaires. They've spent a lot of money on yeah. birds. They race very well, and they've got really good pigeons, you know? Yeah. It's just that Ken, I find, it just does that little 1% things in the breeding loft. He just, he just seems to blend them a little bit. A little bit better, and that little that little one percent is what keeps you winning. You know, mm, I think after talking with him here on the radio, that um, I found that he's got a gift. He's got a real gift in breeding oh, pigeons. He's a very intelligent guy. You know what I mean? Very yeah. private guy. Very intelligent guy. You know, yeah. but um, he's never he's never had an auction before. This is the first time yeah, ever I know. in his life <laughs> that he's ever going to have an auction. Of course, he, he's had a couple of health issues, and he's got to cut back on birds. He's got yeah. to cut back. To twenty pair or whatever, yeah. you know, like, you know, that's that's the reason why, you know. Yeah. yeah. There's some magnificent birds in there, you know. They're yeah. all, and the pedigrees are spot on. They're just, you know, the guy's a doctor. He's a genius in 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 literature, and, he, and the pedigrees are, 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 are foolproof. They're spot on, you know. Mm. And and he can rattle them all off. He he knows every pigeon in his loft, in his loft. He's got four different breeding lofts, heated floors, and all that stuff. 
and he's pinned and lost, and he knows them all. He knows every bird. He knows what it's bred down off, and it, it's remarkable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's his hobby. It's his it's his passion. You know. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. Now, how do you reckon you're going to go this week? Oh, how we'll are the well. birds training? They're training better, or they're getting better, or? Yeah, they are. Actually, I said to Ken today. I said I went in the, I went in the loft this morning. I, I couldn't believe how well they looked this morning. You know, they were yeah. they were absolutely glowing this morning. Yeah, and they're vibrant within themselves, and and I, I change nothing. I, I use the same additives all the time. You know what I mean? Very yeah. simple. And what do you use? You follow, you follow Rob's. I follow uh, Rob's Rob's message. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I treat him accordingly. I don't go to Rob very often. I no. might go to him once or twice well, a year. Well, you probably I, don't need. I found that when you go to Rob for a while and he starts telling you how to keep your birds yeah. healthy, after a yeah. while you don't really need to go back to him anymore. That's you sort right. Of know how to do it yourself? You know. Yeah, I've uh, I've uh, got flyers in England and Ireland. That, uh, that talk to me regularly about, and I've sent the books over and all the products over to them, and their their flying has improved. There's one guy in the Midlands, his flying has improved out of sight. He's gone from, from mediocre to the top of the tree, this guy. You know what I mean? He's winning races left, right, and centre, just on Rob's on Rob's medications and things, on his proper programs, you know? His programs, yeah. Yeah, they work, don't worry. Oh, they work, work all right. They I work. know, I know they work because without I do it, them. Without it, you, you're not competing, you know? You've, mm. got to, you've got to medicate accordingly to what the birds are, what's happening with them, you know? Yeah, well, so, we're lucky the that thing we've is, got... The thing is, don't over-medicate, you know? Don't, no. don't sort of think, I'll oh, give them a heap of this jazz and they're going to win. It doesn't work like that. Mm. It's a... Pigeon training is a culmination of a whole lot of factors. Mm. You know, there's a whole lot of things go into it. You know, what would you say to somebody like I've got a couple of guys now? They're listening to the radio program. They've sort of picked up on pigeon racing by listening to this radio program. I had one guy come to a sale on on, on Friday night. We had a sale here in Melbourne. The birds were mostly from Jack Van der Linden in Adelaide. There, fantastic pigeons. Yeah, yeah very good pigeons, and they went for a lot of money. The poor guy couldn't afford to buy any, and I said, to, I. Was, I He's had his little son there with him, and they couldn't mm. afford to buy any birds because they just went to expenses. But what, what do you say to somebody like that that's just starting off? What what should they buy, aim, aim buy, for? Buy some – those guys there should buy some race teams off guys. You know what I mean? Because if you buy a race team of 10 birds off someone, you know, that advertises or whatever, yeah, yeah. honestly, you'll get one or two good pigeons out of those. You know, and then you can you can. I, I did that in the old days myself. I used to I used to buy teams of ten off off uh, Phil Murphy. You know, LPM startup yeah, here. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Phil Phil's got terrific pigeons. Don't worry, he bring me a few this year. Mm. In the loft, there's a few of his in the loft this year, yeah. half a dozen or so, mm. and they're nice birds and they're still there. And and Phil's got good pigeons. And years ago, before I teamed up with Ken, I used to buy a team off Phil every year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I struck some fantastic pigeons. I got winners. I got I got national prize winners mm. out of Phil's birds. You know what I mean? Mm. I did really well. But then once Ken stepped in, well, I was exclusively training for Ken, you know. Mm. Or, but uh, Phil brought a few around. He's the president of the Cumberland Federation, yep. Phil Murphy, top guy. He brought a few around. And there's a few in the loft down there, and I'm telling you, they're looking real good. They haven't raced yet, but they're... They're, they're standouts. They're looking real good. And what know? do you think for the season, mate? You reckon you can top the Fed for the whole season? 
Oh, that's that's a hard thing to say because <laughs> we got we got we got twenty odd races up up yeah. right up until Queensland, you know, from Sydney right up the north coast through yeah. Coffs Harbour, right up Brisbane, right up until till the top. And I've always said that a pigeon uh, to win a pigeon average to be the best flyer, it's like a golf tournament. You got to hit a good round every week. Yeah. You, you know, like you don't you don't shoot. 78, 80 and win the golf tournament. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You keep shooting 72, you're going to win, or, or 69 around the golf course, you're going to win. The same with the pigeon season. If you put in a bad round, well, you're going to get points and you, it's hard to catch them up later on yeah. because guys in the federation drop off later on, you know? Yeah. You're not competing against 200 flyers at the end. No. You're only competing against 80, yeah. you know? So it's hard to get the points back. So the thing is you've got to go good in the in the sort of – Early races, the sprint races, to get your to get minimum points, uh-huh. and then plot along through the 200, 300, 400, 500 mile races. Be consistent. Uh-huh. Be knocking on the door all the time. You know, that's that's what an average is all about. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, one one bad race could cost you, or you could have a blackout and your benzene timing stops. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, anything. I've backup any... battery to it, so you know. I'll anyway, mate. Um, I wish you all the best for this week, Thanks, and I Ivan. hope you do do well again because that'd be just yep. fantastic. I know that uh, I received emails from Ken after you after your win on Saturday, and he was he was really really happy. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great great day, a good way to start the season. You know, I've uh, especially getting I've, those, especially getting three on the drop. That's just yeah yeah. Well, last year I started I started off fifth, second, first, fed the first three races of the year. You know. So this year I'm trying to go a little bit better. I've kicked off with a first this year, so and, we'll see and how we your, go in the next couple of weeks. And your partner in crime, Rhonda, she's still helping you in the loft there. Yeah, my wife. Yeah, yeah. She's um she's more into our greyhounds now. Okay. We're, we're very successful with the greyhounds. We're um we're breeding. I've got a we've got a train. I've got a trainer's license. Training greyhounds as well. Oh, good. I've got, I've got my kennels down the back as well. Oh, yeah. And we've had a few. How do you find the time to do greyhounds and pigeons? Well, I've re- retired from work now. You know what I mean? Oh, so, right. Yeah, fair enough. I, <laughs> I've retired. <laughs> I've retired from work. I couldn't do it before when I was working from sun up to sundown. You know, but I'm still racing pigeons quite well. Oh. And uh, oh, you uh, love your pigeons. You'll never give pigeons away. I know. Yeah, I love I love pigeons. I've had them since I was nine years old. Since my grandfather died when he was nine, I started racing when I was twelve. You know what I mean? Yeah. And my dad said to me, he said, "Do you want to? We're going to get rid of the pigeons when I was nine. I said, "No, we can't. You know, um, mm. I got to I got to keep them going in Buffalo's honour. You know, my grandfather's honour. You know." Mm. And he said, only if you look after them. So I used to save my dinner money from uh, school, my play lunch money. <laughs> I went skinny. I used to go to the produce store and buy little bags of pigeon mix and that, you know what I mean? Yeah. For a few years there between 9 and 12. Yeah. And then I joined the club and started racing. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you and, haven't looked back since. You've been doing nah, well. that. I think I think they become your friends, you know. They sort of they keep you out of the pub, they keep you out of jail, they keep you out of yeah, trouble. True. More kids should do pigeons, and it's a good thing you get in a club, you mingle with older older gentlemen. You know what I mean? Some good, some bad. You know what I mean? But there's a lot, um, original, you know, the, yeah. the first settlers called it the County of Cumberland. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the flat area of Sydney. Yeah, and, that, and that's why we are Central Cumberland Racing Pigeon Federation. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, and. Our flyers are all in that in that in that nucleus, you know, from yeah. from that from that topography of that area, yeah. and and we race different direction every year, five different routes, which is fair for everyone, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, so, that's good. That's great, mate. Well, great I, wish, I wish you luck this week for the racing again, and uh, thanks for yeah. being part of the program. And This is 88.3 Southern FM, the sounds of the Bayside. And we've come to another end of Pidget Radio Australia, and I'd like to thank Tony for being here. Thanks, Tony, for being here, and uh, a goodbye from me. Yeah, goodbye, Ivan, goodbye, listeners, and goodbye to everybody around the world, and we'll catch you again next week. Yeah, we'll catch you next week here on 88.3 Southern FM for Pigeon Radio Australia. Cheerio.